All right, glad you're on board. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, You know, one of the biggest problems, and this is now a critical, huge problem. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's real. It's it's now something that any conservative now must contend with, and that is the abusively biased, corrupt, one-voice media mob. Uh, you know, I'm watching this interview with with Hunter Biden on Good Morning America, and I, it it just takes my breath away. And it is it, it's just one of those moments where you just realize, wow, I, I I knew it was bad. I knew it was really bad. I didn't know it was this bad kind of bad. Um, so anyway, I mean, now we've got Project Veritas exposing fake news, CNN. It's not anything that surprises me. Uh, the only thing that may surprise me in that is just how outward they are about it. But it's one of these moments where you just know that if Hunter was Don Jr. and Biden was Donald Trump, you know what the media mob reaction would be very different than what it is now, what it is today. It would be dramatically different. You got all this fake news, CNN, Project Veritas. We've got the new tapes that we're going to get into today with James O'Keefe and their president, Jeff Zucker, in his own words, and the CNN whistleblower who I interviewed on Hannity last night on Fox News. And, you know, you get Biden incorporated. They've been exposed. The cloud of corruption darkens above the entire, you know, Joe 30330, uh, you know, free money family of theirs. Their shady family, shady business dealings. Um, Now, to any American that has a functioning, rational brain and hasn't dispensed of all the common sense, God given common sense they were given. It could not be any more obvious that Hunter Biden profited off his father's diplomacy in China, Ukraine in a major way. And even as the mob, they're they're doing everything in their power to cover it up and call it a conspiracy. And it's never been proven that anybody did anything wrong at all. Nothing. We've done nothing wrong. But I'm resigning from the board on, on China. But are you disinvesting? What about your share in the holdings? Are you giving it back? What about the millions you've gotten and put away? Are you going to give that back? You know, we've outlined all of this on this program here, all these shady dealings. I won't go through this chapter and verse again. Why would any, you know, you, you, you got Joe Biden bragging on tape that he leveraged a billion U.S. tax dollars to get a prosecutor fired. Why, why does any vice president ever involve themselves in any such thing such as that? Well, he was corrupt. Well, why why was he corrupt investigating your kid in that company? Pretty much everything from what I can see now in Ukraine is corrupt. Almost everything. So I don't know why he would have involved himself in that one specific issue. You know, who was investigating Burisma Holdings' son uh, and his son? Well, as that prosecutor, according to ABC, they even had it in their piece. And Washington Post has similarly reported that. You know, but then you got the much bigger and the much brighter spotlight that shines on the China deal, because that's we're not talking about millions. Now we're talking about billions and the communist Chinese where Hunter Biden gets a sweetheart deal just days after flying 
on Air Force Two with his father to Asia and into China 10 days later. So you go back to December 4th, 2013, Hunter Biden joins his father on Air Force Two and where his father has a meeting with the Chinese president. And then in December of 2013, again, same month, literally less than two weeks later, Hunter Biden's company inks a $1 billion private equity deal with the subsidiary of the Chinese government's Bank of China. Now, in the book Secret Empires, we have our friend Peter Schweitzer. He points out that this was a deal unlike any other Western firm got, and it went to Hunter Biden. And he even admits that he has virtually no experience at all in either country, no experience in China, no experience in private equity, as we suspected. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce Schiller Flexner one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had no. as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. Well, what are your qualifications? Just, just listen to this. You know, what are your qualifications? I don't have any. You know, well, do you think that maybe it's, you know, why I worked for Amtrak. I sat on an Amtrak board. Listen, there's some more of this. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice of course. president. Yeah, no. I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Probably know. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Why did you leave the board in April? It's a five year term. And you chose and not to. I chose continue. not to. Yeah. Why? I think it's pretty obvious why. <laughs> this is your opportunity to say why. Well, because this is what becomes a distraction, because I have to sit here and answer these questions. And so that's why I've committed that I won't serve on any boards or I won't work um, uh, directly for any foreign entities when my dad becomes president. Do you think that should be a rule across the board for any administration? No, look, that's the rule that I'm going to adhere to. Do you regret being on the board to begin with? No, I don't regret being on the board. What I regret is not taking into account that there would be a Rudy Giuliani um, and a um, and a president of the United States that would be listening to this this ridiculous conspiracy idea, which has, again, been completely debunked by everyone. And you know, I think we people are, at home are thinking, how could that not have crossed your mind? Or you wouldn't have felt just a little bit in your gut, like, maybe this isn't a good idea to go and sit on the board of this well, Ukrainian company. I said, to, I said to you, in retrospect, I wish right, that my judgment... Time, you never, it never, you never thought, this might not look right. You know what? I'm a human. And you know what? Did I make a mistake? Well, maybe in the, in, in the grand scheme of things, 
things, yeah. But did I make a mistake based upon some unethical lapse? Absolutely not. The president has repeatedly said that you received $1.5 billion from China despite no experience and for no apparent reason. Obviously, fact checkers have said that that is not true. Look, this is literally has no basis, in fact, in any way. I have, have you received any money from no. business dealing? No. At all? Not no. one cent? Not one cent. Definitely not $1.5 billion. It's crazy. They feel like they have the license to go out and say whatever they want. It feels to me like living in um, some kind of Alice in Wonderland where you're up on the real world and then you fall down the rabbit hole and, you know, the president's a Cheshire cat asking you questions about crazy things that, that don't have bear any resemblance to the reality of, of uh, anything that has to do with me. And so... <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the answer. No one ever paid me one point five billion dollars, uh, and if they had, um, I would not be doing this interview right now. <laughs> we saw you yep. in those photos getting off of Air Force Two with your daughter, with I, your father. I you have traveled there. everywhere with my dad, and, with, and I went there because my daughter was right. on the trip too. Wait, did you yeah. talk about China no. or your deal with China? No, a twelve-hour flight over. No, no, of course not. That never came up. No. Your father mm. did shake hands with Mr. Lee, though, correct, in the lobby of that hotel? I don't remember, but probably. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he did. He was my friend. Jonathan Lee. Uh, yeah, for for uh, almost uh, 13 years. He was he your was friend and your, business, and your business yeah, partner. I understand. Certainly, Amy, whether I'm in New York or whether I'm in Washington, D.C., a friend and a business associate is in the hotel. And my dad's sitting there. Is it inappropriate for me to have coffee with them? I don't so that meeting anything was wrong. not a mistake. It was not unethical. 100% not. No. It, what do you say to people who believe this is exactly why people hate Washington? A vice president's son can make money in countries where your father is doing official no, but, government but by business. The way, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. I made a mistake in um, in, in retrospect as it related to um, creating any um, perception that, that was wrong. And so, therefore, I'm taking it off the table. I mean, I'm making that commitment. I, I Let's see if anybody else makes that commitment. But that's the commitment that I'm making. No, in, in retrospect, look, I, I think that it was poor judgment on my part, is that I think that it was poor judgment because I don't believe now when I look back on it. I know that there was no, did nothing wrong at all. However, was it poor judgment to be in the middle of something that is a it, it's a it's a swamp in, in, in many ways? Yeah. And so I take. I take um, full responsibility for that. Do I? Did I do anything improper? No, in, not in any way. Not in any way whatsoever. I joined a board. I served honorably. I did. I focused on corporate governance. I didn't have any discussions with my father before or after I joined the board, as it related to it, other than that brief exchange that we had. I want to get to the heart of it. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. As I said, the only time was after a news account. It wasn't a discussion in any way. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Your dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know you what said, you're doing. It, I do. And I said, I do. And that was literally the end of our discussion. Why? Because my dad was vice president of the United States. There's literally nothing as a young man or as a full-grown adult that um, uh, my father in some way hasn't had influence over. Because it does not serve either one of us. That is the single best description of lying, in my opinion, and number two, spinning like a top. And if you replace the name Hunter with the name Don Jr., if you replace 
the name Sleepy Creepy Crazy Uncle Joe 30330 with Donald Trump, uh, Vice President Trump, you know you have the single biggest pay-to-play scandal ever. By the way, I haven't taken a penny yet. How much does he have in equity? That 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 would have been a good follow-up. I mean, I'm I'm happy we actually got a few decent questions out of this. No experience. Oh, no, 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 no experience. You think you would have got it if? And why'd they pick you? Why wouldn't they pick Goldman Sachs? Why wouldn't they pick an American oil company that has real experience? Why did the father leverage a billion dollars? Why did all of this? Why was all of this? No, this is fine. This is no, no. This has all been debunked. Conspiracy. What conspiracy theory? He had no background. He had no experience. And, you know, when he says I, I, I sat on the board of Amtrak, I'm like, you've got. But that doesn't qualify you for anything. Nothing. Zero. So he says he didn't get a penny. That's what Hunter Biden says. Where was the follow up question? I mean, where's the basic, simple fact checking? So you did a billion five in this private equity deal with China. Why does he get I haven't I haven't been paid one cent. When the network reported her own network reported a few months earlier that he had equity in the firm that made the massive one point five billion dollar deal. Equity. What does that mean? That means he gets a piece of it. So he's playing a a Clinton-esque semantics game with his not one cent comment. And then Hunter's attorney appears to do the same in a statement he released a couple of days ago. Hunter neither played a role in the information or or licensure of the company, nor owned any equity in it while his father was vice president. He served only as a member of the board of directors, which he joined Based on his interest in seeking ways to bring China capital to international markets, it was an unpaid position. Now, to date, Hunter did not to date. Hunter did not receive any compensation for being on BHR's board of directors. He has not received any return on investment. There have been no distributions to BHR shareholders since Hunter obtained his equity interest. Ding, 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 ding. What is the equity interest? So he hasn't received one cent because there's been no payouts yet to investors. There's no direct commission for the deal. And by the way, for you idiots in the media, you'd obviously suspect that he's a, you know, bottom run sales rep. But the rub is, according to no less than factcheck.org, Hunter might not have been paid one cent yet, but he's still looking at an eventual payoff. That can hit 10, 20 million dollars or more. Well, that would be real money. All right, we'll get to the corrupt media. Uh, James O'Keefe will check in with us. Uh, also, we have Rand Paul's going to join us today and Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. Oh, yeah, apparently conservative people in this country have been unlawfully monitored by the State Department. I saw his tweet yesterday and I'm on the list. Shocking. We'll find out what that's about. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Now, we've got to ask with your fake, phony, fraudulent news media that is out there. So what part of what we've been saying about Joe and Hunter Biden so far is wrong? Nothing. 
What part of this has been a conspiracy theory? Nothing. What part of this has been dead on accurate? Everything as usual. What, then you got to ask yourself, well, if it was Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr., what do you believe in your heart the coverage would look like? Because I can't even believe that they let this guy get away with this and there's no outrage. You got four senators threatening to withhold funding for Ukraine. Well, three in a letter. That would be Durbin, Leahy, and Menendez. And you got Chris Murphy. He did the same thing. Then you got a billion dollars being leveraged, a taxpayer dollars, fired the prosecutor in six hours. Son of a B, they fired him. And and we're, why, why is this even a story about Donald Trump at all? Donald Trump didn't do anything here with anybody. He's not involved in this, this scam, this scheme. I mean, if his kids fly it on Air Force One and then they make a big deal in, in some type of business in China with the Bank of China, I'm pretty sure that the media wouldn't give Donald Trump and his family a pass. And they'd want to impeach him for that. Now we got reason 4,822 why we're going to do this. You know, less than 10 days after they go to China, they got a billion dollar private equity deal. Well, I haven't made one cent yet. Oh, he hasn't received one cent because there has been no payouts to investors. There was no direct commission for the deal. And hello, that would obviously you have to suspect like, okay, that, you know, the rub is it even factcheck.org got this right. Hunter might not have been paid one cent, but he still is looking at the big payoff. Um, because even his own lawyer points out, well, he hasn't received any compensation yet, yet. All the all these caveats, Clinton-esque, you know, bastardizing of the language and playing word games. And he's, he thinks that they think they're wordsmiths and they think we're stupid. He hasn't had any re- return on his investment. There was no distribution to the shareholders yet since Hunter obtained his equity interest. He didn't get one penny. He got an equity interest. Got it? There's money involved. Probably a lot of it. You know, so now you got panics beginning to set in because, well, okay, now he breaks his silence. I thought it was, I, I, I literally thought that this guy's not fit to be on any board. You know, saying through his attorney that if his father becomes president, he won't serve on any foreign boards. Oh, it's a little late, isn't it? Because when he was vice president, you served on a bunch of them and you're making a ton of money. Doesn't answer any of the, the, you know, the fundamentals here, the specifics here. What is your knowledge background in these two countries? China, uh, none. What is your background in energy, oil, gas? None. What is your background in private equity? None. Okay. Next question that was missed is, well, what did you actually do for all this money? What were your day-to-day job duties, responsibilities? None. You know, will the, you know, what were your qualifications? He even admits none. What is the status of America's, you know, the son of America's second most powerful decision maker? But now when he becomes the first, assuming he became the first most powerful decision maker, well, then it will matter. And I'm going to, I'm going to not do that. It's a little late. Again, you play the game, the Donald Trump game. Replace the name Biden with the name Trump. You got a very different mob story from the media. You know, and just any of the Trump kids doing this. 
You know, and then you think of where we are, where they're now having these private meetings to impeach a president of the United States, which has been their mission since two days after Donald Trump was elected. They've never accepted those election results. They don't accept that we, the smelly Walmart shoppers that we are, the irredeemable deplorables that we are, the the um, citizens that cling to our God, Bibles, religion, and our Second Amendment, they don't accept that either. And then so they have their four separate investigations. They have their counterintelligence investigation, crossfire hurricane, nine-month FBI investigation, nothing. House Intelligence Committee investigation, nothing. Bipartisan Senate investigation, nothing. Robert Mueller, the great crescendo, nothing. So now we're moving on. Well, look at this. We have a whistleblower. Okay, the whistleblower is not even a whistleblower. Whistleblower is speaking about hearsay. And now we got Adam Schiff, the cowardly shifty Schiff. And what does he do? Well, apparently his office has plenty of contact with the non-whistleblower whistleblower. In other words, the whole thing, I don't understand this. The whole thing was, was set up. This, is, this was by design. They're telling this person, yeah, get a lawyer, and I'd go to the inspector general, and then, uh, yeah, we'll make a big deal about it in Congress, and hopefully we can get rid of this guy because we're all part of the resistance, right? We have not spoken directly to the whistleblower when, in fact, his office had direct contact with the individual before they even filed a complaint. Quickly, do you regret saying that we, the committee, weren't in touch with the whistleblower? I should have been much more clear, and I said so the minute it was brought to my attention, that I was referring to the fact that when the whistleblower filed the complaint, um, we had not heard from the whistleblower. We wanted to mm -hmm. bring the whistleblower in at that time, uh, but I should have been much more clear about that. Yeah, I should have been much more clear about that. Can you imagine Donald Trump saying that, what the reaction would be? Come on, just imagine for a second. Would, the, would, would anybody accept that from Donald Trump? They would not. But now we know the cowardly shift was more than that. People, they're, they're all advising this non-whistleblower to get a lawyer, file a complaint with the inspector general. It's an organized political hit from the get-go. And then they're trying. Now we may never hear from the whistleblower. Wow. And then the whistleblower, we find out, has professional ties to Joe 30330. And it's the Democrats. That would be collusion and corruption in Ukraine. What Joe Biden is bragging about is corruption. And how he leveraged our taxpayer dollars to get a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. Well, probably every Ukrainian prosecutor should be fired. By the looks of things, everything there is corrupt. More I get into this, the more I'm like, holy moly, what, what, what is going on in this country? Meaning Ukraine. Anyway, they, they, you got the conspiracy on their side. You got the leveraging of tax dollars and a shakedown to get this individual fired. They weapon, you know, these are the people go back. You know, you rip off a primary from one candidate. You, you violate the Espionage Act and subsections repeatedly. Then you, then you have subpoenaed emails. You delete them. You clean out the hard drive, pull out SIM cards, use hammers, the whole bit. And the, the Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah, we had a Russian dirty dossier. Never verified. Ever. I'm watching, you know, Carl Bernstein give this. They're trying to get out ahead and start spinning the truth because they know the truth is coming with Horowitz's report. 
And so they're out there trying to spin, well, you know, no, we really believed in, um, in Christopher Steele. Well, you, you ended up firing the guy for lying and leaking. You were warned repeatedly by individuals, including Bruce Orr and including Kathleen Kavlak, warned that, uh, yeah, the, don't trust the dossier. It's not verified. And yeah, you can't trust the dossier because it's political and Hillary paid for it. And yeah, apparently this guy has a hate Trump agenda. It's unbelievable. And you got this whole, you know, look, look what else the president's up against. Not only Democrats that have no desire to fix or do anything positive for the country. Now you got fake news CNN. You got part two of James O'Keefe is undercover work there. And the things that they say about Fox News and the president, stay on impeachment, just focus on impeachment. And you look at the mob when they smear, you know, pretty much any conservative. Look what they did to Justice Kavanaugh. Look what they did to this this kid, Nicholas Sandman, the Covington High School kid. They rush to judgment constantly. It's a 24-7, every second minute hour of every day fixation on how to destroy Trump, ignoring the uh, clear abusive bias and corruption in their own party. Russia, Ukraine, they just try to it just they're just throwing anything against the wall to undo an election they lost. They didn't get the results of the investigation they wanted. So now they just make up another one. It's one lie after another, one conspiracy theory after another conspiracy theory, one hoax after another hoax, one lie after another lie. And they actually sit there in the case of fake news, CNN, and they lay out what their phony agenda is from, you know, the top on down. The talking points, the mandate is issued and they go do their job and they just do everything anti-Trump. They pick the candidates they like. Apparently, they liked uh, Elizabeth Warren, which we'll get to later. Apparently, they didn't like Tulsi Gabbard. So now then, then you know, well, we got to work on Kamala Harris. She is re re retooling her struggling campaign. And, you know, we'll, we'll stay on the issue of maybe taking down Trump's Twitter account. That was Kamala Harris's demand. Let's yeah, let's do that. I think that's a good segment. It's not going to happen, but it's still a good talking point. It's what, what do we say? We, we see the evidence. They don't even hide the fact at all that you know, it's they're, they're using the same words now, the same verbiage, the same talking points. I saw this, that the president just a few days ago when Democrats were trying to find a way to turn Trump's request to Ukraine for a Biden investigation into a campaign finance violation. Well, the president does have a sworn constitutional oath and duty to uphold the laws of the land. And I think it probably would 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 you can file this under some type of criminal statute. And there's a whole lot of them. If you're leveraging taxpayer dollars to get people fired for your own personal families enrichment. Anyway, since information is a thing of value, Ukrainian dirt on Biden would have been an illegal foreign contribution. That is what they want us to believe. OK. I don't think that'd be the case if it was Biden. Why isn't there anybody in the media that sees what Biden did and think, wow, this is really bad. How do we get involved in all of this? Yeah, uh, maybe we need to be a little bit fair. Because on the other side of this, their hope is, is they get to help elect Elizabeth Warren or whoever gets the nomination. It looks like it's hers to lose. But Elizabeth Warren, there was a pretty interesting article. Surrogate sent out scores of vile, racist, anti-gay tweets. That was on Law and Crime, which is a great website. And uh, anyway, Warren is being heavily criticized 
for failing to vet a high-profile campaign surrogate with a history of making homophobic, racist, misogynistic, and xenophobic comments on social media. Anyway, the activist was featured in a Warren campaign video released on October 10th, where she explains that she's a Warren Democrat because I'm not afraid of the fight. We're fighting so that all women of color have a voice in our democracy. And Twitter users, here we go, our social media warriors out there, God bless all of you. Well, they were the ones that noticed these other racist and controversial posts made by this individual over the years. You know, one says Latino and Asian businesses need to stop being rude and F word disrespectful. And I know a lot. I know it's a lot to ask in California, but speak F word English. Imagine if Donald Trump said that. Warren surrogate regularly criticizing Asian immigrants for their alleged deficiencies with the English language, tweeting that, quote, just cuss that Asian B word, clean the F out. You mess up my order and then blame them. English is my first language, B word. Never ordering here again. I guess she didn't get her hamburger in time. Preston making other several unseemly comments about Asian Americans. Asian hoes act like uh, they won't get karate chopped in the effer word throat. Well, what is this hoe staring at? And you want me to keep going? I can't. I won't. You know, ABC's decision not to ask Hunter, by the way, about his father's uh, video uh, bragging about the incident is, yeah, that was a kind of a big miss on their part, don't you think? Yeah, that, that would be pretty simple and basic to pretty much everybody else. Um, we have a new poll out. Quinnipiac now has Elizabeth Warren in the lead 30 to 27 among Democratic voters and independents. You know, a lot of people think Bernie's down and out for the count. Maybe he is because he had this heart attack. I'm not so sure. I think he probably has the best organization in Iowa, I'm told, by people on the ground there. And that's what you need in a caucus vote is organization in Iowa. And, of course, both he and Elizabeth Warren are, you know, pretty close to New Hampshire. So they probably have a little home field advantage there because the people know them probably better than the rest of the country, which might be a reason to vote for Trump. Just an idea. All right. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Well, everybody starts sending me this tweet by our friend uh, Tom Fitton over at uh, Judicial Watch. And um, then I'm looking at the piece that they put out and investigation they're involved in uh, to find out if uh, this Ukraine ambassador ordered State Department officials to monitor journalists and friends of the president or people that are outspoken in the in terms of the president. Um, in other words, illegal surveillance perhaps took place. I can't say for sure that this did. Certain uh, figures in the media and elsewhere, private conversations that are being held between private citizens were monitored in an effort to find out information that could hurt Donald Trump, uh, that would be a constitutional violation. That would be something that you would expect in a third world banana republic. But I guess now that we know that we have had surveillance and unmasking at a very high level, we still need to get back to where we started in March a couple of years ago. That's fallen off by the wayside. 
But yeah, we now that know that, you know, there's no reason for U.N. Ambassador Samantha Power to unmask American citizens, some 300 of them at a at a dramatic increased pace, like up nearly 400 percent in an election year. Never made any sense to me. And the issue of unmasking, if, for example, an American citizen is talking to somebody abroad that the government has their eyes on, well, then it would be normal if for them to listen in on the conversation. But American citizens have constitutional protections and they have a process that is known as minimization. And when the American citizen, unless they're talking about something horrible and illegal, they would minimize the listening and the conversation as it relates to the American citizen who has constitutionally protected rights. And then they, by the way, if they write up a report about said conversation, they would say an American. You would not unmask the name of the American citizen. Unmasking, leaking raw intelligence, all of this has happened. Anyway, Judicial Watch has obtained some information indicating that this ambassador may have violated laws and government regulations by ordering subordinates to target certain U.S. persons using State Department resources. And apparently, reportedly ordered the monitoring uh, key to the following terms. Biden, Giuliani, Soros, Yovanovitch. And Judicial Watch has fired a Freedom of Information Act request with the State Department and continue to gather facts. All right. I want to say very clear of anything that is not factual here, Tom Fitton. I've read the piece. Do we know this happened for a certainty? We don't know yet. Well, our sources uh, say it did. And so uh, the concern is, and this is the process, is that the government, and certainly the government abroad, our, our representatives abroad, can't use government resources to track even the public communications like tweets or public comments by American citizens. And so evidently that was going on in the Ukrainian embassy using the search terms that you highlighted, Biden, Giuliani, Soros, and Yanovich. They then sought additional help to do that process, that project, from uh, the State Department here in Washington, D.C. And that's when someone said, well, hold on a second. You can't be doing this at all. you got to stop it. It's illegal. And so we don't know if they actually stopped it. We're not sure how long it went on for, uh, but we do know uh, that this uh, target list is uh, pretty darn accurate. I don't know if it's complete, but it includes you, other Fox News personalities and uh, contributors associated with Fox and other conservatives who are known for uh, taking strong stances on social media, uh, certainly allied with President Trump generally. So it's, it's very curious that they would be concerned about these issues, Biden, Soros, and Yovanovitch. Way back, it looks like the date time frame is back in March of this year. So it was before she was removed. But this wasn't even really an issue at the time, was it? I mean, we were focused on many other things at that time, if I recall. And, you know, not the least of which, I guess, was the pending Mueller report. When did the Mueller report come out? Uh, the Mueller report came out around the same time. But the noises about Biden and and, and Ukraine began around that same time frame, uh, uh, if you go back and check. so. Um, you have to wonder why it is. Uh, we don't know why these individuals such as you made it onto the list. Uh, I don't know. Did you start tweeting about Ivanovich? Probably not. I didn't, uh, actually. But, I did not. But I maybe I had a guess on it was never my issue, to be very blunt. Uh, yeah, I know that yeah. we covered it with, you know, the overarching issue, which was what we got a lot of new information on today, which was 
you know, Hunter Biden. And I, I thought that interview was a disaster on Good Morning America today. And, yeah. I, you know, I have no experience. Uh, why do you think they picked you? I don't know. I have no idea. You think maybe it has to do your father's the vice president? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, that That's not exactly the, the most, you know, in, <laughs> confidence building answer to anything. I don't even know why yeah. they let him on there. No, it's a conspiracy to say that it was my father. And I'm like, well, 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 who else gets a billion five deal? Goldman Sachs does or Deutsche Bank or uh, Bain Capital, the, the, you know, the company Citibank or or J.P. Morgan Chase. They get those deals. That's not doesn't sound like a, a firm with Whitey Bulger's nephew, John Kerry's stepson and Hunter Biden that have no experience in this. Apparently, he admitted this morning he didn't. Um that doesn't seem like like a move that any bank would ever make. It just happens to be a bank literally tied to the, that is the government of China, the Bank of China. Yeah. So, yeah. And those companies, those big companies wouldn't even gotten a deal from China because it hadn't happened before. It was an unusual circumstance that the Chinese started to throw money Biden's way in this regard, allowing him to invest in, and manage the funds, allegedly. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, he's confirming that he was involved in it because, of, you know, he, he probably got the benefit because of his name. And he also confirmed that he did talk about the business in some fashion with his father, contrary to what Mr. Biden has said previously, that he didn't talk any time about the business issues with his son. Did you catch the word games uh, that were going on between the lawyer and by well, I haven't made a penny? And then it's like, yeah, but his own lawyer admits that they have some equity in this whole thing. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. You know, he said, well, no, I haven't made a single penny, not one penny, not one cent. Uh, yeah, OK, he cashed out yet. Right. He right, hasn't cashed right. out yet. And his own lawyer even admitted he said he didn't pay a loan, a role in the formational license uh, sure of the company nor owned any equity in it. While his father was vice president, he served only as a member of the board of directors, et cetera, et cetera. To date, Hunter is not at to date. He's not received compensation, any compensation for being on the board of directors. He's not re uh, received any return on his investment. Uh, there's been no distributions to BHR shareholders since Hunter obtained his equity interest. So he has an equity interest. Okay. So he's going to get a big payday coming down the line at some point. You know, how many millions will it be is the question, right? Exactly. And this is why the coup is taking place against President Trump, because they want to freeze any investigation of, of these issues, both in Ukraine and in China. They're targeting Trump. They're targeting President, uh, his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani now. And you can see they were nervous about what others were saying about it. It looks like, according to our reporting, uh, from from you on down. Um, and uh, it's just an incredible list. And, you know, the idea that you would have a legal monitoring of not only all these Fox News uh, journalists, I'm sure all the other media are rushing to your defense, Sean, uh, but the president's lawyer and the president's son, uh, it ought to be concerning that this abuse was taking place. This is, to me, is just another extension of Spygate. It is if we have the powerful tools of intelligence. And by the way, this is not the first time uh, in all of this process and all of our coverage that I have been told, like, I, you know, I just have to go about my daily life. What am I supposed to do right. uh, that this type of thing has happened to me and I know to others? So then the question becomes, at what point do the American people step up and say, we can't live in a country that denies fundamental constitutional rights to people like is happening here. Because to me, we lose the country if the powerful tools of intelligence are turned on 
the American people. We saw that with the General Flynn case. I mean, what happened in his case is they knew the whole conversation that had taken place because they had raw intelligence. He had been unmasked and they had the information when McCabe's and Comey, Comey bragging about taking advantage of the chaos, which he'd never do in the Obama or Bush administration, sending his FBI guys in and his partner, the deputy uh, uh, director of the FBI, um, McCabe, is saying you don't need a lawyer. Well, that would deny him his Miranda rights uh, on that on that issue alone. The case should be thrown out. But then they went into his office knowing the full conversation because they had uh, unmasked and surveilled him and he had raw intelligence on the whole conversation. So they were setting him up, but he was immediately in a perjury trap without even the benefit of a lawyer to tell him maybe you should clam up here. Well, uh, Sean, they're trying to remove a president based on allegations from an anonymous source who it looks like may have illicitly shared classified information with the investigator, Adam Schiff. Uh, it's 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 just a, another it's another variation of the theme of the civil rights of those who are targeted uh, taking a, a back seat to this power politics where they abuse the rule of law to change political results. It's it's a it's a it's a constitutional crisis we're in, and it's not because of any misconduct by President Trump. It's because of the misconduct of those investigating him or purporting to be concerned about his activities. Yeah. What do you think? I know you work with a lot of lawyers. I know you're not a lawyer yourself, but what do you think is the legal recourse if, in fact, such illegality happens to citizens, even people like myself as a public figure? Do I have a right to uh, for recourse or a path for recourse in something like this? Well, there could be potential violations of the Privacy Act. That's that's an easy call. The other law that covers this is the Smith-Month Act, which prohibits the U.S. government from uh, propagandizing Americans or targeting and uh, or targeting them, um, you know, the State Department especially. Uh, so, you know, talk to any civil rights lawyer. They, they, they probably provide you all, all sorts of other claims you could pursue. Uh, when the government's illegally targeting you with a spy operation, even if they are just tracking your public comments. And, I, you know, I, I, I guarantee you, all your listeners would be very nervous to know if this, that, that uh, if the government was tracking what they were doing and keeping a file on them, which is what purportedly may have been going on here. And we're just trying to figure out what the scope of it was and how far it went. Uh, but it's disturbing it took place at all because the government's not allowed to do that. It, because obviously it's a chilling effect. And the law doesn't allow it because of the chilling effect. All right. Tom Fitton has been doing great work, Freedom of Information Act work, and it takes so long sometimes to get the information. And uh, your work has played a very pivotal role in uncovering this whole, uh, you know, Russiagate fraud from the beginning. And now it's Ukraine fraud. And it's, you know, this never ends. Apparently, they can't accept the election results or the results of four separate investigations culminating with a uh, Mueller report that didn't give them what they wanted. Uh, thanks, Tom Fitton, for being with us. We appreciate it. All right, let's get to our phones. Uh, Amy Colorado. What's up, Amy? How are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, thank you. I just you. had a comment about Hunter Biden. Um, you know, I, to support the campaign, I bought one of their Wear Hunter shirts. And even though he popped his face up in time to the debate, um, I still feel like I should wear it because he hasn't answered any pertinent questions at all. Um, 
And as an American, I have a right to know some of this stuff. If he's going to try and take down the president, then, you know. Um, well, there is a great irony, right? Dad is demanding Trump be impeached. I'm like, okay, all the evidence is against them. You know, Trump didn't do anything here. Trump said, well, we know that they were involved in our uh, 2016 elections, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, his dad is caught on tape saying that he was. And also, who doesn't talk to their dad about stuff? Um, Apparently, Hunter doesn't. I sure did when my dad was alive. So I don't believe any of that either, Sean. It's just a big hoax. We are being lied to on a spectacular level, and the media picks and chooses to cover for liberal Democrats because they are tied at the hip, as we will see in, well, we're going to check in with James O'Keefe at the top of the next hour. Uh, Anyway, thank you for the call. Larry Vegas, what's up on KDON? How you doing? Fine, sir. Thank you for having me on your program. Thank you, sir. Uh, One of the key things. One of the key things that I would like to mention is that I think people are overlooking something. When when Clapper came out more than a week ago and stated on TV that the instructions were coming from Barack Obama, you can't get any higher than that. And everything that's taking place now, when we look at uh, the Mueller investigation and Lynch, Lerner, Comey, last night you had a guest on that indicated they were trying to work out a deal on the redaction part of the IG investigation. I really think, sir, with all honesty, they're trying to work out a deal here. That if we back off of Barack Obama and what he gave the orders on, Pelosi and them will try to work out a deal in regards to this impeachment nonsense. Listen, I think you're you're dead on accurate, and I think that there's all sorts of corruption Now, it's just sad. I mean, everything that is up is down. Everything that is black is white. White is black. Purple is green. Green is purple. It just is in this crazy world. Everything they've accused Donald Trump of, they themselves are guilty of. And yet it's it's right there, right in front of your face. But you have a mob with an agenda in the media and all they do is Nothing but cover for this corruption, and it's real corruption. We'll continue. Let me ask you this, because I, you know, I live in Miami. There's tens of thousands of Venezuelan exiles living there. You talk a lot about Venezuela in your new, in your new book. I get a lot of. Um, a lot of political ads from the Republican Party. Donald Trump has tweeted this. Many have tweeted this. If you vote for Democrats, they will turn the United States into Venezuela. Do you think that's a fair statement to make? Well, if you vote for a socialist, you might get socialism. Come on, don't do that. Maduro is not a socialist. He's a he's a corrupt, well, murderous thug who is starving his well, people. That's not it's, true. That's yeah, not oh, true. that's not true. Maduro's not a thug well, and a murderer. No, it's not who's true. starving his people. Let's, let's have a conversation here. Chavez was a socialist, and socialism was the economic system and of they Venezuela. Stole. They are, it's and a kleptocracy. So, it's yeah, not but socialism. The, but, but here's the question: Is they voted for socialism? They voted. For, let uh, me finish. No, I they, can't let, let you finish. If you're going to say Maduro's well, not a murderer. Wait, but, and I've got a bunch of neighbors and friends who know this. Don't do this to me. We, Don't mansplain. I'm 47 years old. All right. That was uh, Senator Rand Paul uh, arguing with, I guess, Anna Navarro, Graham, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky joins us. And here to discuss, by the way, he has a book out called The Case Against Socialism. 
Well, isn't this what the entire battle now is all about? $94 trillion, new Green Deal, $36 trillion, Medicare for all, no choice, no hope of any other alternative. My last appearance on The View, Rosie O'Donnell was there. <laughs> so let's put it that way. I, I kind of figured that out a while, a while ago. How are you, sir? But there was an important point I was making, and that is that uh, she was saying Maduro was a thug. Of course he's a thug and a murderer, but he's also a socialist, and there is a link between socialism and authoritarianism. There's a link between socialists and thugs, and that's what the book's about. The Case Against Socialism is about the fact that state violence is an inevitability of socialism, that if you want to take people's property, eventually you've got to bust some heads. People don't give up their property easily. So if you want complete socialism, you got to be prepared to use violence. Well, I got to tell you, eventually it's going to come down to that. What do they think is going to happen when uh, Bernie Sanders comes along and and identifies those individuals that have uh, X number of dollars and he wants to take 97.5% of the money away? Does, does he well, think that, was, that the that people was... are just going <laughs> to sit there and say, no problem, would you like it in a check or a transfer? Well, that was my that was my whole point to her. If you vote for a socialist, you might get socialism. And uh, ultimately, Bernie and AOC, they want to say, oh, it's a benign, it's a kinder, gentler, democratic socialism. But often socialist leaders have come in with one election, and it's sort of like, you know, the first year in, for college basketball players, one and done. You have one election, and that's the final election. And so often there's this pretend that it's going to be democratic socialism. But what you get when you have to take the property is people will resist. And when they resisted Stalin, they were murdered by the millions. When they resisted Mao, not only were they murdered by the millions, but the famine was such that people starved to death. We tell one story in there of a Chinese official was sent to a village because there were reports that the people were lying dead in the streets and the dogs were eating the dead. And the official came back to Beijing and he said, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. It cannot be that the dogs are eating the dead because they ate the dogs long ago. And uh, that sounds kind of tragic and tragically comic. But, you know, in Venezuela, they're eating their pets because there is no food. You would th the thing that bothers me the most about everything is, you know, there are people that hear these promises of keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money. They, they hear these promises. They believe these promises. And you see 37 percent of counties now in, in the United States, there are people have no choice but one choice, one provider. That's it. You see these massive increases in in people's premiums with Obamacare. In many cases, you know, 174 uh, percent that people will promise one thing, given another. The promises of socialism are, let's see, everything's going to be free. We're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, the combustion engine. But we're going to give you free pre-K and free child care. And then we're going to give you free health care. And then we're going to give you a guaranteed job at a guaranteed salary, a guaranteed vacation, guaranteed healthy food, guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. But when you start to run the simple math, there's no way it can ever be paid for. Well, and this is this is this is what we point out in the case against socialism. My wife and I wrote this book together, and what we point out is one of the big lies coming from today's socialists from Bernie Sanders and AOC is that yeah, only the rich will pay for this the top 1%. And then they point to Denmark and they say, "Oh, that's the kind of socialism we want." So the 
Prime Minister of Denmark responded and said, hey, Bernie, we're not socialists. Pipe down. We're open for business. We've got low business tax, low corporate tax. Sure, we've got some welfare up here. But interestingly, the welfare in Scandinavia is paid for by large sales taxes on the working class and large income taxes on the middle class. You have a 60% income tax starting at 60000 in the Nordic countries. And so really, this is a big lie. Bernie and AOC want to just stick it to the rich, and they say, oh, well, there aren't very many rich, so who couldn't be against taxing the rich? But the dirty little secret is they can't pay for all their $62 trillion for Medicare for All. They can't pay for that unless they're going to tax the middle class, and it's why people should not let up on Elizabeth Warren. She won't answer the question, is she going to raise the taxes on the middle class? If she's not going to, then she's just a dishonest demagogue. What do you make of this insanity, rage, psychosis? I don't know what you want to call it, but we have many reasons to impeach Trump. And we're announcing our impeachment inquiry before we even know what's in the call with uh, the president of Ukraine. I read that call with the president of Ukraine. I saw nothing wrong with it. Did you? No. And I I think the only thing that is true, if you want to be objective and look at both sides of this, the only thing that's true is both Republicans and Democrats have wanted to ask Ukraine to investigate or not investigate certain things for the last 10 years. So Biden didn't want them to investigate his son's $50,000 a year job, but also three senators led by Menendez about a year ago wrote a letter and said, if you do not investigate Trump and the Russia collusion, we will threaten to vote against your aid. Murphy was there just a month ago, and he said, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I may reconsider my bipartisan support for your aid if you do investigate Hunter Biden. So it's like, sounds like everybody and their brother wants to influence what Ukraine does. I think I'm the only one that says, heck, we don't even have any money. We got to borrow it from China to send it to Ukraine. Maybe we ought to think twice about sending money around the world that we don't have. Oh, I agree. I don't disagree. Let's go to the Hunter Biden interview. I want to get your take on this. Um, you know, he's asked, uh, if your last name wasn't Biden, do you think that, um, you wouldn't have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? Now to me, that's nothing. He admits he has no experience. He's as we said, no experience, Ukraine or China, no experience in oil, gas, or energy, no experience at all in private equity. And in the bank with the case with the Bank of China, that's a billion five rand, a billion five. You think the (laughs) Bank of China is going to give a billion five? I I would think they'd pick Deutsche Bank, Bain Capital, Goldman Sachs. Cracked me up. The the thing that really cracked me up is he did say he had one bit of background for his resume. He said he'd been on the board of Amtrak. And it's like I'm laughing to myself thinking you've been on the board of a government agency that your dad got you appointed to. And that is somehow your prerequisite for job training to get $600,000 a year. I asked a CEO the other day that I ran into. I said, well, is that a lot of money or less money than people make for boards in the U.S.? And he says, most major companies will have ex-CEOs and people who started their own business, people with MBAs from you know famous universities will be on the board of these companies, but they typically get two to 300,000. So he's getting twice what the going rate is, but typically the people hired to be on boards have a history of having either led a major company or started a major company or worked for a major bank or taught in a major university. His only prerequisite was basically, I guess, getting kicked out of the military. Well, I mean, you know, when you look at what, what does that have to do with energy, oil and gas? 
and being appointed to boards and getting, you know, $50,000 or more a month checks in one case and then a billion five in, in these business dealings. Oh, but I didn't get any money from it. I don't, none of yeah, that's true because you have equity in it. <laughs> this is where the Democrats are stuck on this because they're wah, wah, wah. The president did this, president did that. And all you have to do is mention that Hunter Biden made $50,000 a month and most Americans' jaws drop and say, well, gosh, that sounds a lot worse. Even if the other side did anything, this sounds a lot worse or equally as bad. How come the media is saying, oh, it's been investigated and there's absolutely no corruption or collusion? And it's like, well, no, the media are dismissing the charges, but most Americans will hear that Hunter Biden made $50,000 a month. They will scratch their head, their jaw will drop, and they will say, my goodness, something doesn't seem right about this deal. Something, even he admitted it. He says, well, in retrospect, you know, maybe uh, I should have considered this. Meanwhile, he's cashing checks for $600,000 a year for like five years working for this company. And it's like, I think most people, there doesn't need to be an investigation. They see it as, as crony capitalism or crony nepotism. Well, I think we see a lot of that everywhere, though. But the false promises of everybody, the corruption is obvious now. But we see in this environment politically that it is only Donald Trump that gets accused of anything. Doesn't matter about Hillary's dirty dossier. Doesn't matter about the Espionage Act. Doesn't matter about subpoenaed materials destroyed. Doesn't matter that that they lie on FISA applications. Um, for the purpose of spying on a campaign transition and presidency. None of this seems to matter to anyone in the media. What does that tell us about the informational crisis in the country? Well, I think we do have a real problem. And I think, though, when you ask the American people that the American people are a little bit more fair than the media are. So I think the American people are going to say, well, I don't know if he should have said that on the phone call. I don't really know. And he sometimes says things, this and that. And then the other side is going to, they're going to say, if they want to be fair, they're like, well, but gosh, it doesn't sound too dissimilar. It sounds actually not nearly as bad as Joe Biden doing this for his son's job and to help his son make money in Ukraine. I think people are going to look at that objectively and say, well, gosh, at the most, it's a wash here. And it sounds like it's a partisan thing. They want to impeach him because they turned a blind eye when, when Joe's son's over there making all that money. So I do think that in the end, the American people are going to look and say that the impeachment is a partisan thing. I don't think they're going to look and say, oh, this is great necessarily on either side. But I think they're going to say it looks like Democrat politicians have been threatening Ukraine for years. They actually even do it on official stationery. On their official Senate stationery, they sent a letter to Ukraine saying, if you do not keep investigating Trump and Russia collusion, which turned out to be a nothing burger. But if you don't keep doing this, it may threaten our vote for your aid. That to me sounds like a quid pro quo put on Senate stationery. Well, it sounds like it to me. All right. Rand Paul, his new book is out. It's called The Relief, uh, The Case Against Socialism. Uh, we have all of this going on. Will the Senate even really spend any time on this impeachment thing if the House is stupid enough to do it? I would hope that uh, we do what we have to do. If we have to hold a vote, we hold a vote. But I can't see wasting the American public's time going on and on and on. And really, that's why it becomes a charade. The Democrats are going through the charade process right now. There's not a hunt for the truth. If there were a hunt for the truth, you know, I was on one of the liberal stations today and I said, look, if you want to investigate, fine. But if you want to appear to be objective, investigate what Hunter Biden was doing to make 50 grand a month. And they 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 now can that's now to them a conspiracy theory. Everything that they don't like and they don't want to investigate, they call a conspiracy theory. And it's like, well, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's the fact. He's admitted he made $50,000 a month. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Rand Paul. Appreciate you being with us. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. Case Against Socialism. 